This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me for the One Verse Podcast. I'm Jeremy Myers, your teacher for the One Verse Podcast. This is episode number 143. I don't know if you've ever been encountered, have encountered this issue about how to translate the Greek word pistis in the New Testament. It is usually translated as faith or belief, something like that. And of course, the verb pistuo would be believing. But some verses translate it as faithfulness or fidelity. And as a result, there's some people who think that pistis can include an element of good works or ongoing obedience. And I don't know how familiar you are with the importance of having free grace as your gospel presentation, the absolute freeness of God's grace. Uh, But as soon as you start adding good works and faithfulness and obedience to the gospel, you run into problems, don't you? And potentially a gospel that is no gospel at all. It's not good news at all. And so that's what we're going to be addressing in today's study of the One Verse podcast. Uh, this topic, by the way, does come from my new book, What is Faith? I do have a section in there that discusses this, and we also look at some other verses. By the way, if you didn't listen to the bonus podcast episode yesterday, I was privileged to be on the Bob Dutko Show, one of the top Christian radio talk show hosts in the country. And we talked about my book, What is Faith, yesterday on his show. I do have a recording of that on my website. Just go to redeeminggod.com, search for Bob Dutko, D-U-T-K-O, and you'll be able to find it there. Okay. And if you haven't got a copy of the book, What is Faith? It is available now pretty much everywhere books are sold. So if you want to learn more about what we talk about today, you can just get that book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google, Apple, Kobo. Again, pretty much anywhere you want to buy your books. Okay, so with that in mind, let's dive into our study of this idea of faithfulness versus faith as a translation for the Greek word pistis. I know it sounds a little technical, (laughs) but let me try to explain it to you uh, in a more simplified version. We're not going to dive into Greek too deeply today. So there are books out there, and pastors, and preachers, and teachers, and so on, probably some blogs and podcasts as well, that argue that sometimes the Greek word pistis is best translated as faithfulness, or fidelity, or allegiance, all right? And uh, there's even one book out there called uh, Salvation by Allegiance Alone. And he argues, the author, that most of the times the Greek word pistis is used in the New Testament, it should include an element of faithfulness or allegiance or ongoing obedience to Jesus and, and, and so on. Okay, and I think that you could probably see the problem with this. If it's true that pistis includes an element of good works, faithfulness, ongoing obedience, allegiance, fidelity, then what that means is that eternal life is gained not simply by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, but is instead gained by living a life of faithful obedience or allegiance to Jesus. 
And this introduces good works, sort of in a transactionary sense, into the gospel, doesn't it? Which, of course, we know from Paul in Galatians is no gospel at all. So what I want to present to you is my belief that there is not a single use of the Greek word pistis in the New Testament which is properly translated as faithfulness or allegiance or fidelity, okay? And if you look up the, 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 the most famous uh, Bauer, Donker, Art and Gingrich, BDAG, Greek lexicon, I will admit, and I did look it up myself along with several other lexicons and encyclopedias and dictionaries, they do list uh, faithfulness as a possible translation for the Greek word pistis, okay? Uh, BDAG lists six possible verses where faithfulness might be a good translation of that. We're actually going to briefly look at pretty much all of those in today's podcast episodes and then dive deeply into one of them. We'll look uh, primarily at Titus 2.10, okay? However, there's an excellent article by a guy named Brindle called uh, Faith in Christ Does Not Mean Faithfulness or Fidelity. I will include a link to that in the manuscript for this podcast episode, which can be found at redeeminggod.com. And Brindle argues, he says, that uh, even though uh, faithfulness can sometimes be a good translation, it doesn't need to be that in any of the Bible verses, and it's really only translated that way in three or four verses in major English translations, and of those, faith, the normal word for faith, is a fine translation in those verses, okay? And I agree with Brindle on that. It's an excellent article. I encourage you to read it. And so let me just go through some of what he argued and also some of what I argue in my book, What is Faith? Okay? So, first of all, for numerous reasons, it doesn't seem best to understand the word faith, pistis, as faithfulness. All right? Uh, while there does initially seem to be some evidence for this understanding in, in, in some biblical passages, and maybe even in some extra-biblical, some, some literature outside of the Bible, uh, this opens the door for a works-based approach to gaining or proving or keeping our eternal life. And so for that reason alone, for theological reasons, we need to reject this view. Again, if, if pistis... Uh, can sometimes refer to allegiance, loyalty, or obedience, I cannot stress this enough, then what you've done is opened up the gospel, opened up eternal life, justification, to good works, saying that we have to work for it, earn it, live a life of loyalty to Jesus, obedience to God, in order to gain eternal life. And if that is how you gain eternal life, well, guess what? None of us have it. All right, so again, Michael Bates does argue for that. I mentioned that earlier in his book, Salvation by Allegiance Alone. He's arguing against eternal life by faith alone, saying that salvation is by allegiance, faithfulness, obedience. And uh, he doesn't shy away from that fact, which is why I think it's a very dangerous view. All right, but once we understand, okay, in in my book, uh, What is Faith? I do argue that faith is a persuasion or a conviction that something is true. And it does not include any sort of good works whatsoever. Faith itself is not a good work. Faith does not include good works. Faith does not necessarily or automatically lead to good works. All right? Uh, And you sort of need to understand the definition for faith in order to see how pistis is never faithfulness. Um, But... uh, 
it, 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 it's defined as uh, conviction or persuasion that something is true. And when we see that, then we can go to these passages, these you know three or four or six passages in Bidag, that might sometimes be translated as faithfulness, and we can see that what they're actually teaching is not allegiance, not loyalty, not fidelity, not faithfulness, but instead is uh, believing, being persuaded or convinced about the truth of something for a long time. All right? Uh, It would be a persistent or an ongoing faith. It doesn't need to refer to works or obedience over a long time, but can instead refer to a faith that persists. You believe something, you continue to believe it. Again, in the book, I I liken faith to a light switch, not a dimmer switch. There's no dimmer switches when it comes to faith. Faith is like a light switch, and it's either on or it's off. You cannot 78% believe something, or even 99% believe something. It's either 0% or 100%, all right? On or off. Anyway, so a persistent faith is something that you believe, that is, the light switch is turned on for a long time. And not all beliefs are like that. We often change our beliefs, don't we? Based on the evidence that is presented to us, Sometimes we change our beliefs as we learn more about God through Scripture, through fellowship with other believers, through life experiences. There's lots of things that can cause us to change what we believe. And in some of these cases, we turn away from false beliefs, okay, things that we believe that were wrong, and start believing something that's true. Tragically, though, sometimes it can happen the opposite way as well. Sometimes we get sucked into false teachings, or we get told bad information, or we listen to a teacher who is leading us astray, maybe not intentionally, but they believe some wrong things, they teach those wrong things, and their hearers, their audience, believes those wrong things. And that can sometimes happen to us as well. Either way, when our beliefs change... They go from on to off or from off to on, and that has a cascading effect through other beliefs, okay? Here's the thing that Scripture encourages though, encourages us to do, though, to believe what is true and to continue to believe what is true, to hold to the faith in a sense, okay? So the persistent faith that Scripture invites us to, to have is a faith that holds what is true and and, and persists in it, to believe it for a long time. I was taught in kindergarten that two plus two equals four, and here I am, several decades, uh, almost half of a century later, and I still believe that. Okay, two, My belief that two plus two equals four has been a persistent faith, and I am fairly certain I will continue to believe that fact until I die. Okay, There's theological beliefs as well. Uh, that are the same way. I believe that Jesus is God, that he uh, lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross and rose again three days later from the grave. And I am certain that I will continue to hold those beliefs for the rest of my life. I cannot imagine a scenario or a situation that would come about that would cause me to stop believing those things. So those will be, I trust, persistent, ongoing beliefs for me. And you see in this No good works are involved. 
No allegiance, no commitment, no obedience, nothing. Because faith, the word pistis, does not include any amount of good works. All right? Now, people might say, well, what about some of these passages that talk about the faithfulness of Jesus? There's a huge debate about this. Faith in Jesus, the faith of Jesus, the faithfulness of Jesus, faithfulness towards Jesus. You might be aware of some of that debate. I would say that even in these passages where it talks about the pistis, uses the, word, the Greek uses the word pistis in relation to God or Jesus, even here, it does not need to refer to faithfulness or allegiance, or fidelity, or ongoing good works, or anything like that. Even in these verses, it can refer to faith. Think about it. What is faith? It is the belief, the persuasion, or the conviction that something is true. Does Jesus believe things? Of course he does. Does God believe things? Of course! In fact, we could say that Jesus, that God has the, the, they are the only beings, the Trinitarian Godhead are the only beings, the only people in the universe who have a perfect faith. That is, everything they believe is true. You and I believe things that are not true, so we do not have a perfect faith. All other beings in the universe, okay, the satanic beings, fallen angels, Uh, I don't even know, it would be interesting to know about not fallen angels. Do they have a perfect faith or do they believe things that are not true? I would say they might have a perfect faith, but whether they do or not, I can't say. We know God does. Only God's faith is eternally perfect, and get this, eternally persistent. God has never believed something that is not true, and he will never believe something that is not true. So again, Going back to the definition of faith, if faith is the belief or the conviction or the persuasion that something is true, and God has always known everything that's true and will always believe it, then we can say only God has the persistent faith that Scripture invites us, invites us to, to strive for, to even learn from God about. Okay, And here's the interesting thing. God even has faith toward you, toward us. Have you ever thought about this? We always talk about faith towards God, but even Paul sort of indicates that even when we believe false things about ourselves, God believes the truth about us. He talks about this in Romans 3, 3 and 4, Paul does. God has faith towards you. That is, God believes things, true things about you that are for your benefit, for your blessing. They are about your future, about your past, what is true of who you are. And whatever God believes about you is true, has always been true, and will always be true. God has beliefs about you. And you might not have those same beliefs, but God has them. All right? So uh, when Paul talks about this in Romans 3, that's what he's referring to. God's beliefs toward us, about us. It doesn't have to be God's faithfulness or allegiance to us or God's good works towards us. There's other words and descriptive phrases that, that the New Testament authors can use to describe those. Uh, because God is faithful towards us, right? He, is, uh, he has fidelity. He will never go against us or go against himself. Right? But he also has beliefs towards us, and they will never change. They will always remain the same. 
And that's what uh, Paul is referring to in that passage. Okay, so um, this helps clarify some of the tricky texts. We just talked about the Romans 3 one, but some of the other passages in the New Testament that some people say must refer to faithfulness or ongoing obedience, this helps clarify that as well. All right, but I would say that in every single case, in every single verse, you don't need to understand it as allegiance or fidelity. Understand it as faith, and maybe as a persistent, ongoing faith. Okay, so Colossians 2, 6, for example, just as we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, we must continue to walk with him. Okay, well, how is it we receive Jesus Christ? Well, we received him by faith. And so how is it that we continue to walk in him? By faith. All right, we don't walk in Jesus, in relationship with Jesus, by good works. We received him by faith. We walk with him by faith. All right, and this is not only true because ongoing faith gives us the best life possible with Jesus, but also because when we walk with Jesus by faith, it opens us up to believing other things. Okay, and this gets into that whole picture I have of faith as this giant Microsoft Excel spreadsheet idea where you believe one thing, it leads into other beliefs, and so on. Each cell is sort of like an on-off switch. Again, I don't want to get sidetracked on that. It's all discussed in my book, uh, What is Faith?, to help you understand how faith works and how you can know you believe. All right, uh, in Romans 1.17, when Paul talks about going from faith to faith, right, that's what he has in mind, one belief to another, all right? It's not ongoing obedience and good works. It's just building what you have, uh, building new beliefs on what you have already believed. All right, going from faith to faith, from belief to be, belief, letting your current beliefs lead you into other beliefs. Um, it's what Paul has in mind when he refers to faith as the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Okay, the Spirit helps us, teaches us, shows us what we are to believe. And as we walk by God in faith, or walk with God, let's see, walk with God in faith and by the Spirit, then uh, we grow in our faith, come to believe things. Okay, so, so look, here's the thing. We do not receive eternal life by faith and then continue in eternal life by good works, right? A life in Jesus, eternal life, doesn't begin with faith and end with obedience. Obedience and good works are important, but they do not help us earn our eternal life, keep our eternal life, or even prove that we have eternal life. Faith does not include any sort of works, okay? So pistis, the word pistis, is not... uh, uh, ever translated as faithfulness, or at least should not ever be translated as faithfulness in the New Testament. Let's look at one verse just as we start to wrap this up. Uh, We're going to look at Titus 2.10. And um, I suppose we could look over at Matthew. There's some other verses of the five or six verses that BDAG and others reference. Matthew 23.23 is one. Um, where Jesus, this is uh, the Jesus is pronouncing the woes on the Pharisees and Sadducees. But the New King James Version, the Bible translation I prefer to use, it has faith there. Jesus is criticizing the Pharisees not only for what they do, but also for what they believe. The Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious leaders of their day, just like ours, uh, have had lots of bad beliefs. And so, so Matthew twenty three twenty three, I think faith there is a fine translation of the Greek word pistis. Because Jesus was criticizing them, not only for what they did, but also for what they taught, what they believed. All right? And so let's just look at Titus 2.10. 
And um, this verse fits within the broader context, obviously, of Titus chapter 2. And this whole chapter of Titus chapter 2 is Paul giving instructions to Titus, sort of this church leader uh, in Crete, uh, about how, what he should be doing and teaching to the believers that he's living with. And in Titus 2, he begins in verse 1 by telling Titus to teach and encourage others to have good beliefs and good behaviors, sound doctrine and godly practices. All right? And he goes through in this chapter to talk about various categories of people. He starts off with the older men. That's in Titus 2.2. Then he goes on to the older women. That's in verse 3. Then he goes on to the young women, Titus 2, verses 4 and 5. And then the young men, verses 6 through 8. And finally, the servants, the bond servants. That's in verses 9 and 10. And in each case, you go through these and look at them. In each case, Paul encourages all these groups to watch their life and doctrine closely. That's, that's from elsewhere in Paul's writings. Okay, Life what they do, how they behave, their doctrine, what they believe. All right? And so for the beliefs, for example, the older men are to be sound in faith. That's 2 2. The older women are to be teachers of good things. That is, teach good doctrine, teach good truths. The younger women are to be careful not to blaspheme the word of God. What is the word of God? Scripture that teaches us the truth about God. The younger men are to have integrity in their doctrine. Doctrine is theology and beliefs. All right? And so when we get to the bond servants, this, this verse that has the word that's sometimes translated as fidelity or faithfulness in some Bible translations, fidelity in the New, Amer uh, New King James. Um, mine says they're supposed to have good fidelity. By the way, the New American Standard has it here as faith, uh, good faith, and um, uh, so good beliefs in a sense. And uh, so it just goes to show, by the way, that even in these controversial passages, various Bible translations will often translate it simply as faith, even though others will go with fidelity or allegiance or faithfulness. Anyway, three lines of argument. Let me just end with this. Three lines of argument show that the New American Standard has the best translation here, that it should be translated as faith rather than as fidelity or faithfulness or allegiance. All right, so let me just go these through these three points real briefly. First, as I sort of hinted as I went along, the word pistis, the Greek word pistis, is already used in the context, all right? And uh, back there in 2.2, at the beginning of this section, when Paul gives instructions to the older men, there's the word pistis there in the Greek. And if you look in your English translation, most of them are going to translate the word pistis there as faith, not as fidelity. Okay, so it's interesting here in the span of a few verses, at the beginning of the passage, Paul uses the word pistis, and it's often translated as faith. Then near the end of the passage, where he's concluding with the bondservants, same word, same exact Greek word is used, but there it's translated in some translations as fidelity or faithfulness or something like that. Okay? But Paul is wanting proper beliefs and behaviors from all groups. And so since pistis is translated as faith in 2.2, it seems best that it should be translated as faith in 2.10. So that's just a translation contextual issue. All right, second then, 
and support for this is found in 2.10 as well. Okay, Right after Paul uses this word pistis in 2.10, he goes on in the immediately following phrase to write about the doctrine of God our Savior. Okay, what is doctrine? Well, it's theology. It's what we should believe. It's sound doctrine. It's teachings. All right? And so the, he talks about faith, and then he talks about doctrine, the doctrine of God, teachings about God and our Savior. So it's referring to Jesus, of course. Okay? So, uh, you know, what are you to do with doctrine, with theology, with teachings? You're to believe it. Doctrine is taught so that it can be believed. So that also, just the contextual here, right in verse 10 itself, 2.10, Paul writes about pistis, then he goes on to write about doctrine, and you're supposed to believe doctrine. So that's just also an immediate contextual issue that shows that faith is the best translation for pistis here as well. Not faithfulness, not fidelity or allegiance, any such idea. Thirdly and finally then, look, um, throughout this entire passage, with the old men, the old women, the young women, the young men, and now with the bondservants, in each of the preceding four, Paul is talking about what they should believe and how they should behave. In all four cases, the previous four cases, both items are there. If in this fifth and final one, we take faith as not about what they should believe, but about loyalty and faithfulness and ongoing obedience to their masters, then that would mean this fifth and final one doesn't include anything about beliefs, okay? Um, Because you would only have behavior. But to follow sort of this twin ideas of Paul all the way throughout about beliefs and behavior, then this uh, concept, this word of pistis here, pistis in doctrine of, about God, that would have to be uh, related to the belief. So you have both beliefs and behavior in the passage, okay? So all of this comes together to help us show that here in Titus 2.10, the word pistis, it doesn't mean fidelity, it doesn't mean allegiance, it doesn't mean faithfulness. It means the same thing the word means everywhere else in the Bible, which is faith, all right? It is not helpful. I would encourage you, as you're reading through the Bible, uh, if you have access to some sort of Greek tools, if you see the word faithfulness, allegiance, fidelity, something like that, and the root word, the Greek word behind it is pistis, just, just make the switch in your mind. This isn't faithfulness. This isn't obedience. This isn't allegiance, fidelity. It just means faith, belief, and maybe ongoing faith, persistent faith. Believing things that continue, we continue to believe. That will help you understand the passage a whole lot better. And also, most importantly, it would allow you to maintain a hold on the central truth of the gospel that eternal life is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Don't let good works enter by the back door into the gospel. Okay? by allowing pistis to refer to faithfulness or ongoing obedience. Such a gospel is no gospel at all. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if we receive eternal life by ongoing faithfulness, persistent obedience, loyalty, fidelity to Jesus, guess what? 
None of us have eternal life because none of us can be faithful enough. Good works do not help us earn or keep our eternal life. It's a free gift given by God to anyone and everyone who simply and only believes in Jesus for it. So, that's the translation, best translation for pistis. Don't let it be translated as faithfulness. Keep it consistent, translated as faith all the way through, and that will help maintain the freeness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, look, if you have questions or comments about this, you can leave them over at my blog. Just go to redeeminggod.com, and uh, the URL for this is redeeminggod.com. Let's see, faith versus faithfulness, I think it is. You can also just search for that on Google and find it that way. And don't forget, if you have more questions about faith or even what I've taught today, make sure you get a copy of my book, What is Faith? It includes this discussion about faithfulness as well as many of your other questions about faith related to what faith is, how faith works, and most importantly, how you can know you really believe. You don't need to worry anymore about whether you have false faith or temporary faith or whether your faith is real. You can know that you believe and you can know that you have eternal life. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. When we're right back here, we will be talking about faith, maybe one or two more podcast episodes, and in one of those, we will be talking about the faith of demons in James chapter 2. See you then.